This episode of Proper English is brought to you by the adventures of Davidson and Roberts and various idioms and phrasal verbs. So, here we are in 2021, Ali. I know! Amazing, eh, Dave? And what better time to look back on the adventures of our idiomatic detectives, Davidson and Roberts. So this week, we have an extended episode, including all their adventures, going right back to February of last year. So, tell me, how did you come up with the idea, Ali? Well, I'm glad you asked, Dave. I fancied the idea of us playing characters, and I thought it would be fun to introduce our listeners to some different accents. Posh, for Detective Davidson. And good old-fashioned landing, for Sergeant Roberts. And I thought, if they were police officers, they would do a lot of investigating, which is ideal when it comes to illustrating and explaining idioms. Oh, and, of course, they would spend a lot of time sitting and waiting in their cars, doing surveillance, Mm -hmm. and would have plenty of time to chat. So here's their first appearance. In episode 43 of season one. In which our heroes can smell a rat. Detective Davidson looked at the crime scene. The room had been ransacked, drawers were upturned, the sofa had been ripped apart and there was a space on the wall where the Magritte painting should be. We found a window broken, Mom. No fingerprints. It's obvious the burglars wore gloves and knew what they was looking for, said her bright young assistant. Hmm, Roberts, I smell a rat. Did the detective's nose sense a rodent in the room? Or was it just an idiom, meaning that something was suspicious? Exactly that, Roberts. I mean, Dave. Detective Davidson realised that all was not as it seemed. By saying that she smelt a rat, she was telling her colleague that she believed that the criminals were trying to trick them into reaching the wrong conclusion. Roberts looked again at the broken glass. Surely, if the burglars had broken in from outside, the glass would be on the carpet. Good heavens! he exclaimed. Do you smell a rat too, Roberts? Indeed I do! Davidson smiled quietly to herself. I'll make a detective of the lad yet, she thought. A couple of episodes later, Davidson and Roberts returned. In episode 45, as a matter of fact. And the sergeant and his brother are as thick as thieves. Detective Inspector Davidson was a teeny bit jealous. After she and her cockney protégé, Sergeant Roberts, had cracked the case of the missing Magritte, she had suggested having a drink or two at their local pub, the Whistle and Truncheon, to celebrate. Davidson was hoping to get to know her sergeant a little better. But it didn't turn out like that at all. May I introduce you to my older brother, Big Bill? Pleased to meet you, Big Bill, I'm sure. A pleasure to make your acquaintance, ma'am. Always a pleasure to meet our Bob's colleagues and superiors. Which reminds me, did I tell you about the time my boss got himself stuck in the lavatory? And then this Big Bill character went on and on about his manager locking himself in the toilets one night and his brother was laughing and laughing, but Detective Davidson couldn't really see the funny side of it. And then he told another boring story and Roberts chipped in with one of his own, this time about some cousin or other. And they were clearly having a long and conspiratorial conversation about this cousin as if he might appear at any moment. 
And of course, the detective felt excluded because she didn't know this person. So, when Big Bill excused himself to go to the loo, Davidson turned to her sergeant and said, I thought we were going to have a quiet, celebratory drink together, but you and your brother have been as thick as thieves all night. Roberts was aghast. Are you accusing me, a officer of the Crown, and my brother, a clerk of the court across the road, of being part of the criminal fraternity? No, you idiot. I mean, idiot. I'm using an idiom that describes two or more people who clearly have a close, perhaps even conspiratorial friendship. And frankly, I feel somewhat left out. But considering the way you misunderstood me, perhaps I should have used the idiom as thick as two short planks, using the word thick to indicate stupidity. And with that, she turned on her heels, left the pub and went home. Onwards to episode 48. And Detective Davidson has to explain what is meant by the idiom The penny dropped. Detective Inspector Davidson and Sergeant Roberts were driving back to the station after a long shift. Can I ask you a question, Mom? It's been a long shift, Roberts. Don't make it too complicated. Thanks, Mom. I'll do my best. It's just, I was wondering... When we was talking to the Socko... Scene of crime, Officer Roberts. You know I hate acronyms. Right, yeah. Scene of crime, Officer. Him. When we was talking to him... Were... Eh? Go on, Roberts. Right, yeah. Well, he was explaining about how the machines in the amusement arcade were all smashed by the same instrument. Mm-hmm. And then he said something about how it couldn't have been the same as the murder weapon and I wasn't sure why at first because the victim had been hit from behind and that was obvious but... Get to the point, lad. Oh yeah, I'm rambling again, and I? So anyway, the soccer... Oh, the scene of crime officer held up the actual weapon and you looked at me and said, the penny drops. And? Well, I didn't drop any money and all the machines was turned off. So what did you mean, Mom? Seriously, Roberts? Have you never heard the expression before? Expression? Yes, the penny dropped. It means that someone, i.e. you, has finally come to understand something after a period of confusion or bewilderment. Oh? It was first used in the 1930s. Machines used in public, like telephone boxes or weighing scales, needed a penny or other coin to make them work. Sometimes the coin would get stuck, and you'd have to wait for the penny to drop before the machine started to work. Oh, I see. You was being a bit mean, weren't you, Mom? I was, Roberts. I apologise. Now, let's have a bit of peace before we get back and have to start writing our reports. As you wish, Mark. Did the penny drop? Did you understand that idiom? I did. Well, of course you did. You wrote it. (laughs) Anyway, on to episode 54, Off the Top of Your Head. D.I. Davidson and Sergeant Roberts were having a coffee in the car, waiting for a suspect to come out of the pub. If he doesn't appear soon, we might have to leave it until tomorrow, Roberts. Yes, ma'am. 
What are the other places he's been spotted in? Hold on, I'll just put me coffee down so I can get me notebook. No need, Roberts. Just off the top of your head. Oh, okay. Well, off the top of me head, he was thrown out of the Red Lion last week. He started a fight in the Georgian Dragon the week before and he was spotted trying to sell fake handbags in the Winchester on Monday. Very good, Roberts. We'll try those next. It's a funny expression, that, isn't it? It's like your head's full of stuff, like in a pile, and you just say the first thing's on that pile. Yes, you don't think too deeply about it. In your case, you said the first things you remembered. One could also use it if one was making a rough estimate rather than a careful calculation. I wonder why we say it. Well, it is actually an American expression that's been in use since the middle of last century, but lots of British speakers use it, like us. Oh, aren't we cosmopolitan, Mum? Yes, Roberts. Yes, we are. Next, one of my favourite episodes, episode 58. Davidson and Roberts are on the trail of the Rainbow Burglar. Davidson and Roberts were investigating a serial burglar. A serial burglar? Someone who breaks into people's houses to steal their cornflakes? No. Hmm. A burglar who commits a series of crimes. I'm trying to narrate our story. Okay, Dave. Sorry, Dave. Davidson and Roberts were investigating a serial burglar. They were under huge pressure from their superiors and the media to find the criminal before he committed another crime. This has gone on too long. Five burglaries in less than a month, all within a mile of the other. At each one, he... Or she... Yes, or she leaves a boiled sweet at the scene. Why? What point is he... Or she... Yes, or she, trying to make? Read through the list for me, Roberts. Yes, ma'am. First burglary was at Seven Richards Road. The burglar left a red-boiled sweet. Second was at Sixty Avenue. The burglar left an orange sweet. Third was at Five York Street. And the burglar left a yellow one. Are you seeing a pattern, dear listener? Can you solve the clues? Then he... Or she... Thank you, Mum. He or she burgled number four gavel green and left... A green sweet, yes, yes. We know the numbers are counting back from seven. The sweets, red, orange, yellow, green. Mum! Mum! Red, orange, yellow, green. It's the rainbow, isn't it? Because then he left a blue sweet, and then a purple one is the rainbow. So that's it. No more burglaries. Well, Roberts, you're partially right, lad. Except there are seven colours in the rainbow, and we still don't know where the next burglary will take place. Well, it'll be at number one, won't it? Yes, yes, number one will be the last one if we're right. But how on earth do we fathom which number one it will be? 
The detective sat in frustrated silence. Sergeant Roberts was looking at the map showing the six locations. Well, blow me down with a feather. What? Oh, it's one of them idioms. It means I'm very surprised or shocked. Yes, Roberts, I know it means you're shocked. I sometimes say you could knock me down with a feather. Like when I found out Roberta had asked you to marry her. Hmm. But the point is what? What have you realised? Mnemonics. Blimey, now you really can't blow me down with a feather. Go on. To remember the colours of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. Richard of York gave battle... But I can't remember the last bit. What's the last bit? Richard wrote the avenue. That doesn't make sense. It should be of. Then York Street... Gavel Green, but the L has been missing for ages now and everyone jokes it's called Gav Green or Gave Green. Then it was Battle Way and after that Grazing Passage. And the last word in the mnemonic is Vane. Richard of York gave battle in Vane and Vane Lane is right there, right there in the middle of the map. The next burglary is going to take place at number one Vane Lane. It's two minutes drive from here. Quick Roberts, get the car keys. We've solved it. So, once again, our happy heroes have solved the case. Oh, but if you've been able to keep up... You may need to listen again a couple of times. But if you've made it this far, (laughs) you may be wondering why the second burglary took place at the avenue when the clue needed the word of. In fact, that's what I'm wondering, Ali. Yup, it is a fair question, Dave. I couldn't make up a street name based on the word of. So I had a look on the internet for ways to say of in other languages. I finally came across av in Swedish and Norwegian, and we say av instead of avenue sometimes. So I used that. Blimey, that was a bit tenuous. I guess the burglar was multilingual. I guess so. And we're nearly up to date. Back in September, we introduced a new character. Roxy, the sergeant's quick-witted girlfriend, who helped unravel the mystery of the idiom to put the wind up somebody. D.I. Davidson and Sergeant Roberts had recently finished a particularly unsettling case. One evening, after work, Robert Roberts was at his girlfriend Roxy's house. They had enjoyed a lovely meal together, over which Roberts had been telling Roxy all about the case. Oh, Robert, stop. Don't tell me any more. You put the wind right up me with that story. (laughs) Sorry, Roxy. Didn't mean to frighten you. If it makes you feel any better, the perpetrators are all safely locked up now. It's funny you should say that I put the wind right up you. D.I. Davidson said just the same thing the other day. Oh, blimey. What happened? Well, we were sitting in the car. We was on a stake out. And I'd gone off to get a coffee. 
The thing was, it took me quite a long time as I didn't have enough money and I had to go to the bank and then by the time I got back to the coffee shop, there was a queue. So if I'm honest, I think what happened was that D.I. Davidson dozed off and when I opened the car door, she leapt and said, Goodness gracious, Roberts, you put the wind right up me. It's a funny saying, isn't it? I wonder where it comes from. Oh, I think I know the answer to that. It's in a letter written by the poet Wilfred Owen. Oh. He was a war poet. Ah. And he wrote, Shells so close that they thoroughly put the wind up a lifeguardsman in the trench with me. I don't know if Wilfred Owen invented the expression, but maybe he's the first person what wrote it down. Wilfred Owen? Well, I never. I wonder if D.I. Davidson knows that. I'm going to ask her in the morning. And finally, in Series 2, Episode 21, at the beginning of December, the detective and her plucky Cockney sidekick were investigating the disappearance of a young man in a furniture store while using a shed load of phrasal verbs to do with time. Davidson and Roberts were investigating the case of a missing person, a young man who worked in a large furniture store. Well, Mum, the young man in question... Ian Keir. That's correct, Mum. Mr Keir hasn't been seen since 2pm when he finished his dinner break and should have returned to the shop floor. Now, I believe he clocked in at 7.54 this morning, didn't he? That is correct, Mum. And we've checked the records, have we? He hasn't clocked out. There is no record of him clocking out. Shall we assume he is still on the premises? Yes, Roberts, we must. Right, let's get on with it. I'm pressed for time this evening. I promised my husband I would actually be home in time for dinner for once. Tell me, what do we know about Mr Keir? Seems like young Ian was a bit of a loner. He's been working here for five months now, but no one seems to hang out with him, either at work or outside of work. Okay, so let's leave interviewing his colleagues until later. We might have more luck with CCTV. Well, I've only just started looking through the footage, so it's going to take me a while. Right. Get PC Milton down here and tell her to hurry up. There must be hours of footage to look through. Yes, Mum. Only problem, Mum, is last time I asked Milton to help out, her boss said I wasn't to take her away from her important work again. Oh, for goodness sake. You press on with looking through the video footage then and I'll get Milton down here. Oh, hello, Dirk. I need your help. We've got a young lad who's disappeared and time is running out. Well, no, he's 22. Well, no, it's a furniture shop, but I really would like to get this wrapped up. If we could just have Milton here for a couple... Well, I was really hoping to be home in time for dinner, Dirk. You said you were making your lasagna. Great, Dirk. Thanks, then. Bye. Bye. It's beginning to look like he was in the bedroom furniture department. Apparently, 
His supervisor told him to tidy up after some kids had messed up all the duvets. All the beds look freshly made, except for one. It's still a mess. The duvet is all bunched up. Hang on a minute. What, Roberts? What do you see? I see a pair of shoes. Okay. Just by the bed. Why would someone do their shopping with no shoes on? Oh, now the duvet's moving. Oh, I can see a foot and a leg and another leg and... Oh, it's him! It's Ian Kia! What an excellent result, Roberts. Your eagle eyes have saved us so much time that I think I can fit in a quick trip to the kitchen department before I go home. You're welcome, Mum. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. We hope you've had fun taking this trip down memory lane with our two favourite detectives. And don't forget, please tell everyone you know about us. Your friends, your family, anyone who's studying or learning English. And please make sure you like this episode and leave us a nice review and subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app. And of course, you can join us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. If they're available where you are. Where you can ask us any questions you might have. And if you don't use social media, you can always send us an email. Mm, Our email address is properenglish or one word at sapo.pt. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper Proper English. English.